I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One day in the pub, Seb and Verity were socializing with hilarity. They knew there and then that their options were vast. They bought some equipment and made a podcast. What do you think you are doing, you twits? It's cliched and obvious, you know. My name is Seb Philpot. And my name is Verity Simmons. And this is Three in a Bar. Yeah, it's the podcast where me and Verity chat to a different musical guest each week. We do. We've had a right collection of wonders and we've got another one for you today. Who is it, Seb? Um, let me just check in my little box. Oh, he's frisky. Oh, it's Chris Smith. <laughs> The trombone player. Hooray! Now, I say that because if you type in Chris Smith trombone, many different Chris Smith trombones <laughs> come up. For some reason, it's a popular name and instrument combination. <laughs> now, I, I'm talking specifically about the one born in Bedfordshire in the uh, early 80s. Um, I think that's correct. He might yeah. not want to say mid to early, late, <laughs> yeah. late 80s. He is the co-founder of the old Dirty Brastards. So that's where you may have seen him or heard him. He uh, he studied at the Royal Academy of Music. And before that, he was at Junior Academy. He which, did his uh, time which, there, didn't he? He's played with lots of orchestras, such as the English National Opera, the English National Ballet, uh, the Birmingham Royal Ballet. I'm just reading this off of the, literally the <laughs> only biography I could find online, which is trombonprofiles.com. It's definitely this Christmas. This one's got a photo of him. And of you. This, that is him. That is him. <laughs> and uh, what else has he done? The Novello Orchestra. That's how I met him. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We should mention that um, this was quite a long recording. Mm. So we've cut it down a little bit. And um, red wine was involved. So <laughs> if you if you sense that our speech and general thought processes and all that sort of slow down towards yeah. the end of the episode, then then you're not mistaken. And um, <laughs> I hope it's not too annoying. But um, I think I think it was interesting. It was yeah, a fun we chat. had a jolly nice time, didn't we? <laughs> let's uh, let's go into it. This is our chat we had with Chris Smith. <laughs> Chris 
Chris, you've given us lots of crisps here, so just just warning the listener, if there's any crisp action going on... Absolutely sorry. because they're, they're, they're so damn tasty, they're so, I can't... Yeah, good. that was good I'm that you gave that caveat as you've got a crisp in your hand. It <laughs> <laughs> was like mini poppadoms, these ones. So have, yeah, we, nice. have we started? If you want. Because you sort of went into podcast voice then. Did I? So it's just like, yeah, you started so saying... <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, oh, we're starting. Hello. Right, cool. Because normally we have to do the clap... When we do oh, the brass yeah. design, we do the clap, and then we all go, oh, no, we've got the clap wrong, let's well, look, do it. we can clap now if you want. <laughs> sure. Just to see if we're in sync. Do you want okay. to? <laughs> what, in the room? Yeah. Okay, yeah. go on. Yeah, go on. Three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> I just did that for oh. <laughs> oh. oh, man, I'm so funny. <laughs> so good. <laughs> you guys, you guys. Oh, I was suspicion that you were slightly out of that. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah. oh, it's that bit behind everything. <laughs> hey, scared. I liked your old podcast, by the way. Your not old podcast, current it's podcast. Not that old. Yeah, no. I thought yeah. it was great. I listened oh, to you. like three episodes of it. Really Gosh, good, you've only got yeah. five more to go and oh, complete the set. Yeah, <laughs> the old Dirty Brasters podcast. That's it. That's the one. Yeah. yeah, took us ages to think of that. Oh, we've got two more singles coming out. That's true. Spoiler alert. Oh, but so we can do more. two more episodes. I think it's many nice for us to listen to. It yeah, yeah. Of the we love it. I don't care if the audience is still <laughs> a bit. That was mm. nice. It sort of sounded like you were listening in a on a convo down the pub or something like that. Mm. You know, but yeah. with some interesting factual content. Yeah. Well, my yeah. mum and dad listened to it, and they sort. Well, I think they listened to a couple I don't know if they still listen if they, they might listen to this who knows yeah. um, and then uh, they were like oh you guys know a lot about you know, music and stuff don't you like, well, yeah <laughs> we, we kind of have to it's our job <laughs> like, no one would employ us if we didn't really yeah, and we've right. all been doing it a while so. that was an album wasn't it the, the last set of podcasts were, it was an album well, released or was it just a set of singles go on Chris, Chris. oh right hi yes yeah 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 um, yeah well it, yeah, sort of. So we started doing, yeah, it was just a set of singles and they've all sort of come together. We thought, well, why don't we just group it on Spotify yeah. and other such streaming places as, I guess, an album or an EP. What's an, I don't know, it's eight tracks. It's not an album, is it? It's an EP? I well, don't know. Oh, that's an interesting point, isn't Station it? Station to Station is about eight tracks. What's that? The David Bowie record. Oh, gosh, right, yeah. <laughs> That's before cool. your, your area of expertise. That is, isn't it? I'm not, I'm not a mega Bowie fan. Are oh, you not a mega Bowie not fan? Mega, I do like him, but I'm not, like, you know, well, well Die into hard. Him. No, yeah. even though my son's he's called Ziggy. Yeah. But, you know, could be Ziggy Marley. Or uh, Ziggy. Oh, yeah. But I think we got the inspiration from, um, what was that show on Sky with Nicole Kidman in and Reese Witherspoon. Oh, yes. A really uh, good thing. Dirty... Pretty Dirty Lies, something lies. Something lies. Oh, yeah, because there's two that sound really similar and the other one is really dirty, naff. things, yeah. true lies. Something <laughs> yeah, like that. True lies. What a film. Dirty Little Liars. <laughs> is that something? Oh, God. No. Um, yeah, but we, the little boy in that was called Ziggy. Yeah, we thought, what a lovely name. And Aww. I can't remember can't remember the name of the programme. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> it meant so much. Very little... Oh, yes. God. Secret little liars. Oh, are, we, not, are we padding until you find out no, what it's called? Just, just, just keep coming up with words. I'm work. checking out my songs is on Station to Station. Oh, wait. I'm still on that conversation. <laughs> it's, it's six. Oh, six. Right. That can't be an album. It's an album. Boy, what? 38 minutes long. Oh, that's both. Just long songs. That's good. That's a good length. There we are then. So call it an album. Five minutes, yeah. Yeah, you'd have to be um, hampered by, by getting, oh, we have to get to ten. Songs, no, no. But it wasn't the case that you were 
thinking of like you had these eight songs that you were thinking of in a kind of album setting that is there there's not like a kind of journey no no that. not at all no it's just sort of the order they came out was like because we used two producers so we had right. johnny abraham yes who obviously you guys know friend of the pod yeah, yeah. big time big time <laughs> friend of everyone such a nice yeah. guy um so he did four tracks and then Barney did his little mm. Seb's brother. Barney, I'm sure you've mentioned a lot on here. Um, yeah. He did the other four, sort yeah. of his uh, producer debut. So oh, wow. He sort, of, he's, he sort of came and said, oh, yeah, no, I'd like to have a go. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, yeah. and if it's rubbish, it doesn't matter. You know, you've only wasted people's time, not money. It's fine. <laughs> and, um, yeah, but he's great. Him and Johnny really colluded together and sort of Brilliant. swapped a lot of ideas and... Yeah, just such a nice little way of doing it, which yeah. is awesome. And so, yeah, so it just sort of like ended up, obviously, we did Johnny's tracks out first mm. and then we did Barney's. And then, yeah, you just kind of, well, I don't know, are albums still a thing? I mean, I guess they are, but does it matter? Yeah. It doesn't really matter if you just sort of put no. singles out and then clasp them together as an album. I don't know. Well, so just, we've talked yeah. a lot about like the way that people listen so differently these days. Mm, yeah. You know, there's there's not the, such an emphasis, is there, on the album necessarily? No, not at all. That's the thing, isn't it? And I, it's a shame because, like, you know, when I, that's what, you know, when you say an album, when I was a kid or a teenager, it was just like, you know, like all the Britpop stuff was usually like 12, 12 tracks yeah. and then maybe a long wait of silence and then a cheeky little bonus track at the yeah, end. Yeah. And you were like, oh, yeah, no, that's the album. That's good. That's nice. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Like, I think I think like if you buy it on vinyl, that's the thing people do, isn't it? Mm. That's probably the only... Well, it's the only way I would probably listen to... Oh, that's not true. I would listen to an album on Spotify, of mm. course, mm. but I'm, I listen to most stuff on Spotify. But it really feels like an album when you've got the vinyl. Oh, yeah. And Spotify is also really works best when it's just doing its thing and showing yeah, you the yeah, algorithm yeah. and you, you pick, you learn new things yeah. from that and playlists and that. Massively, yeah. Mm. But, so I think that obviously there is value in the album, of course. Yeah. Because, oh, um, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, I think album tracks are sort of not as maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just the way I listen these days. I don't, I'm old. I don't really <laughs> like, you know, I don't really do albums of new people unless someone's really recommended mm. it and I really get into it. So I wonder what, if you put yourself into Spotify, I wonder what comes up. I wonder what the algorithm is for people who are listening to ODB. Have you done it? Oh. But what do they, what, what else is do they the, yeah, to? what, no, what would come up as your suggested next tracks? If you put in one oh. of your singles, oh. I'd be intrigued. Oh Go on, do it. Okay. Have a look now. Oh I really We're hope not it's to play music random. on this podcast. No, but unless it's right, own, okay. <laughs> <laughs> unless it's our own band, you I think I'll find it. Sing it back. Yeah, I won't, I won't sue you guys. It's <laughs> fine. You're all right. Yeah. Whilst Seb has a look, have you got a favourite track from that um, set that you put out? Oh no, no! Is it like children? They're all good. They're all. Well, I think the you know we picked them all because they've all got their own little merits and stuff. Yeah. So you just have to really sort of go with them, and they yeah, all do their own. Of, um... Oh, oh, oh! Seb's favourite, clearly. I couldn't take my own. <laughs> okay, it's loud. Um, I'll press the next track. Cool. Yeah, go on. What is it? It's probably us again. It is. Yeah, Waterfalls. Wonderful. Nice. This is good. This is good album. Next one. This should be the It'll new be like one. New York, it'd be like New York Brass Band or something, probably. It's oh. Ain't Even Gonna Call Ya by No BS Brass Band. Oh, nice. No yeah. BS yeah. They're pretty good. Oh. You know They're pretty good. Are they, are they from the States? Yeah, they are, aren't they? I'm going to turn it off because it's tinny. They've got like um, an amazing bass drum. This is from 2009. So they've been going a lot God, longer they're than us. they're old, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. Uh, let's see. They've been doing the biz. The No BS Brass Band. 
Oh, well, they're a verified artist, which is always a good sign. Yeah, yeah. well, there. Yeah. 30,000 <laughs> and a half monthly oh listeners. That's pretty good, isn't it? It's pretty mm. good. No yeah. biographies. now. No biography. <laughs> mm. Don't like but this game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's only because they're getting by on your coattails. That's Don't it, worry. That's it. We've really been selling it all for them. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. With our whatever single figures a month. <laughs> <laughs> Can we rewind back to the inception of... <laughs> The old Dirty Brussels, because it's your it's your baby, isn't it, essentially? Like, yeah, yeah. How I mean, and why how did and you why, start? Why on earth would you do that? What were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> why would you do that? Um, so I was at Glastonbury in 2010. Hmm. In, have you been to Glastonbury? No, I lived down the road what? from there, and they used to. I was went to Wells Cathedral School. Oh, lovely! Yeah, and they yeah, basically yeah. Glastonbury nice. weekend. They, I was saying this a yeah. few many pods back. Yeah. Um, they used to put in chamber orchestra weekend, so we'd be away on tour oh, and not no. able to go to Glastonbury. Unbelievable! I've never been, but oh, I man. desperately want That's to. Annoying. Want to play there? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm very much one of those people. I because I, I first went when I was about sixteen. Yeah. So I've been quite a lot, which is nice. But I always like it when new people come and then you just see them at the end and they're like oh my god that was amazing <laughs> yeah. it's just like nothing's like yeah it's good in it it's nice because there's just no other thing like quite like it on this planet oh i don't know i mean yeah. maybe there is in america but i don't think there probably would be um yeah so it's just this incredible space you know that's sort of a massive city like the size of wigan for a weekend and yeah. it's just nuts it's just yeah. absolutely nuts and you know I've you know I've been so many times but there's probably bits I've never seen still and yeah it's just yeah just such a lovely life affirming thing mm. and then you keep going back and you know like this year was so it's hard when you're it's harder when it's going on and you're not there but when yeah. it's not happening and you're not there that's fine you can kind of get your head around that <laughs> yeah, you're not yeah. going to miss out on anything um, but yeah so I was there in 2010 and in it there's a little space up there called the park area with the park stages and that's sort of created curated by Emily Evis yeah and in it is this little bar called the rabbit hole and so I was in there at about three or four in the morning and um, yeah this this band came out and they did um, they were just sort of quite New Orleansy, but they did loads of covers and stuff and yeah I was watching it and I was thinking oh I could probably do something like that but with all my mates that I've got we could probably do it it better definitely do it better because you know I don't don't think all the players in it were of a professional completely professional standards you know I don't want to be big headed but like you know it's just like it's good but it's a bit rough around the edges and not Mm. not as tight as it could perhaps could be and then yeah so I went back to my friend Richard Turner um, who I run the band with and I said oh you know we could we should have a go at something like this it'd be really easy to do with all the people we know and then we talked about it for about three years (laughs) (laughs) and then finally he sort of took the ball by the horns and he went right well I'm going to start doing some arranging and then we'll do it I was like okay cool and so I did as well and then we sort of you know picked the team and um yeah had a nice little sort of process um there's there's a I don't know is this family oriented? This is quite a family. Is, is this a family it one? Can be explicit. Like, <laughs> if, if you're going to say, say the word, I think. Is you're this, it's say. the word beginning with C. There's no. The rule number one is no. Yeah. Okay. Aunts. Yeah. Yes, Aunts. that's the one. Yeah, yeah. None of those guys. So we just yeah we picked some nice guys and we didn't all like necessarily know each other all that well. We just sort of picked yeah. some guys because I'd only met you a couple of times before this. Yeah. Because I I think we met at the book club. 
Maybe yeah. like years ago, out on a night Did in the book you? club. Did you ever go there? Yeah. Book club? Is oh, I thought still... you went a book club. Not a book club. Oh, oh sorry. There's a there's a bar. Really felt warm there, but you're going to completely throw that, aren't no, you? No, I can't no. read. So no. you know, we just locked eyes over Harry yeah. Potter. <laughs> oh, hi. Oh, you like him too? Great. No, we met. There's a <laughs> He's the best. there's a bar in in Shoreditch called right. the Book Club. And I think we met. Were you with Seabass? Were you? Had you been? Yeah, there was C-Bass? a time in my life where I was I was single. Yeah. And uh, ready to mingle. Oh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I was just, I, I remember being very sociable and I was going out every Friday, often with uh, Seabass, Dave mm-hmm. Gagan. And we just, um, there was just a gang of us. There was a lot of people going out every mm. night in central London. Not every night, every, every sort of Friday yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I loved it. I got really good at, I've been in a, a relationship before, so I got really good at just being on my own and yeah. chatting to anyone. And nice. I loved it. It was a really fun time. But then I, I met you there yeah just on one yeah, night yeah. i think maybe I, i'd snuck into trombone drinks once you did and you did, oh, you did. <laughs> upon. yeah and if you weren't so tall and handsome seb you would not have got away with that so you know well done very good but yeah so then we sort of met then and then like others uh, you know we sort of other guys that we've been in college with and just work with and stuff and then yeah we just sort of arranged the first rehearsal which I think was like the 24th of August. I say, I'm being all coy. It was definitely the 24th of August. (laughs) 24th of August, 2012. And we did that without a drummer because we didn't really know any drummers. Um, And so we all sort of brought a load of arrangements to the fore. And we was like, right, if we're going to do it, right, Rich was like, if we're going to do a rehearsal, you can't just have two or three pieces. We've got to have some stuff. So like we arranged a load of stuff and then did it. And yeah, it's sort of, it worked, you know, because yeah. I was very nervous. I was like, God, what, what, if this doesn't work, we've got all these people in this room and it could be quite embarrassing. Yeah. Um, but luckily, it sort of did. And then, yeah, did another rehearsal with a drummer. And then, yeah, it just sort of started to tick away from there. Sort of the, the cog started wearing. And yeah. eight years on, you know, we, we see, we've used to seeing each other all the time before lockdown. So yeah. it's just like, you know, we've turned into this nice little sort of family unit, which is quite yeah. nice. And we all live near each other and... It's all, it's all gone a really nice way. What were your aims then when you first put the band together? Did you have a thing, I want to do this with the band? I just wanted to play Glastonbury. Because obviously in that band at Glastonbury, I was just yeah. like, right, I really want to do that. Because, you know, I hadn't I hadn't gone and played with a band there. I like, no one had sort of asked me to go and play. And uh, but I was just like, yeah, I really want to play. That would be, if we could do that, that would be a nice tick. Mm. And, um, yeah, we did after 10 gigs, we'd done it. We'd done it. What? <laughs> yeah, That's so incredible. Our 10th gig was Glastonbury. But basically, like, we... Um, after a couple more gigs, no, so we did. So, our first ever gig was at the what's it called, Dogstar in Brixton, yeah. mm-hmm. which was nice. Yeah. So, we sort of, you know, they let us play there for free, and we got a load of mates along, did a gig, it's cool. And then a few gigs further down the line, we did um, Guilty Pleasures Night at Coco, mm. which is run by a guy called Sean Rowley, um, who is the guy on the front cover of What's the Story Morning Glory. The Good al- that album, fact. yeah, Good yeah, fact. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. He's, he's such a nice guy, and so he runs Guilty Pleasures, which is obviously you know, a big club night yeah. at Coco, or used to be. Um, and then that year, he was just like, "Do you guys fancy coming with me to Glastonbury?" And I was like, "Yes, please, yes, of course <laughs> we do, yeah." And yeah, so we were just like, "Oh, this is amazing!" And um, yeah, so we played the Friday night in 2013 and it was the same we were just I think we were just start at midnight or something like that or around about that time wasn't it oh yeah no I remember watching the very first song of the Arctic Monkeys set mm. oh did, nice do, yeah 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 do I want to know mm. do you want to know do I want to know do I want to know that's it that's yeah, the one yeah, yeah. that's it yeah 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 so I watched that from the very back of the pyramid stage yeah. and then so it's like two 
I don't know, 300 yeah, yards of the yeah, yeah. street. So I reckon that probably started about 10 o'clock or yeah. half nine. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, maybe around 11 o'clock. Yeah, headliners normally about 10, half 10, don't they? Yeah. And so then we were in this stage and it was completely empty. There was no one there to start with. So we actually got a sound check in, which is weird. And then sort of it's getting around, oh, yeah. ticking around to our start time. And you're like, oh man, there's <laughs> no one here. Oh. And then the Arctic Monkey set finished. And then eventually, like, people showed up. We were, oh God, thank God for that. Yes. Yeah. And it's all just, yeah, that one's all a bit of a blur after that. But it's a funny, that, that yeah. whole first weekend is like a bit of a learning curve because, you know, we play pretty much every year since, which has been amazing. Yeah. But like the things you learn, like we didn't know, I, I didn't really realise that you could get lifted into the site with all your gear in a van. <laughs> they would come oh, and get yeah. you. So me, me and Dickie Turner went down. Um, yeah, we went down the night, the, I think the night before we played, because I was just like, oh, Dickie, get down. It'd be really cool. We'll get down there and have a nice little wander around. Yeah. Peeing it down with rain. And the, drum, the drummer that we had when we first started didn't have a car, so we took the drum kit for him as well. Find out when we get there that you could just use the drum kit on the stage. So we managed. Oh, to, we, we walked the drum kit in through the oh, gates no. to where it was. And it's just like, oh, what were we doing? It was just, yeah, quite a weird, stressful little weekend, first one. But it was great. And like, you know, Rolling mm. Stones headlined that year. So we had a nice mm, little time yes. watching them. It was amazing. Um, Brilliant. But yeah, just the things you learn. And now we just sort of like get there on the Thursday, get lifted in, <clears throat> camp yeah. right next to the stage. And it's all really easy. And But, you know, looking back at it now, it's just like, man, that was such a slog that first year. But, mm. you know, sort of You guys are going to be there this year. I know mean, you're doing every year, don't mm. Which stage were you going to be playing this year? Was so it- we've got this cushy little slot on a stage called the Williams Green stage. Yeah. Um, which is, it's mostly for like new and quite alternative bands, isn't it? I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but on Thursday at Glasgow is like, there's not really too much on. There's no, none of the main stages are open. So we managed to wangle this little slot um, as the last band on, on that stage. So that everyone at the festival is like, this is if you want to go and see live music, this is the stage to go to. So we're yes. like, you know, so the tent we're in now, just like, it's just packed as far as you can see out the tent. There's just like thousands of people just outside it. And you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. Oh God, that sounds yeah. so cool. It's and literally because we're the only thing. Yeah, and I don't think, yeah, people are and just like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> yeah. That is the full experience <laughs> yeah. right there. And then you've got the rest of the weekend. That's it. We get the rest of the festival oh. to go and have a, it's our little blast holiday, You're literally living it? the dream. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And like, <laughs> and there's other little bands there that are like sort of, because, you know, you need to see, get tickets per person so if you're quite a big group trying to get on one stage and get your yeah. allocation it's quite difficult so they're sort of they're slogging away each week no sorry each day like doing their yeah. they'll go and do a turn <clears> on like some stage there and to get their tickets and we're like we're finished alright <laughs> yeah. just going to go and watch this band now so are you working alright cool um, but yeah no. so that's kind of quite a cushy little deal I yeah. think that's incredible that you managed to achieve your aims within 10 gigs yeah he was like oh well that's that done okay but <laughs> yeah. then you think well yeah so what now? It. <laughs> oh, know, it's been downhill ever since. <laughs> no, I don't know, but that was, that was quite an interesting one because I don't, you know, it was very early on. I don't think we played our best. And um, it's quite interesting, actually, because I run the band with Rich and that was his last ever gig with the Brastards because he is a trombonist um, but he's, he's sort of had chop problems ever since, which is, oh, you no. know, horrible, which, yeah. you, you know, you wouldn't wish upon your you know your your worst enemy I don't think but he sort of turns me after that gig and he's like I'm really sorry I was rubbish and I was like don't, don't be silly was, you're great mate don't worry about it and then yeah he hasn't he hasn't done a gig since I don't think so you know and I, I, I don't you know it's not for me to sort of talk about that with him but um you know he's sort of been you know get, trying to get his chops back ever since really yeah. and you know I you know he's a great player and stuff but 
he's really stuck with it trying to get it back yeah. and stuff but yeah it's really a really interesting sort of thing to happen at first because like yeah. he still is fully involved mm. and you know runs the brasses with me and is you know really in there and getting on with it but it's weird to think that that was such a long time ago yeah and he's not done anything since which is really sad but Mm. Yeah, so I don't so want to bring the vibe down, bit. but yeah. yeah it's, no, no. It's, it's incredible mental strength for him. And mm. I'd love to have him on the podcast to talk about if, like his the way he's dealt with it and the way yeah. he works at it all the time. And I think so many other people would have just been like, can't be asked, that's it. Yeah, I'm, totally. I'm not right. working at it yeah, though. and I've heard mm. that happen yeah. frequently, yeah. He, he, he works at it every, every day. Yeah, 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 he still does and it's amazing. And he's probably, I, I probably say he's probably near playing but he's such a, such a character that if he's going to do it, it's going to be right. right. It's going to be good. Yeah. So, you know, he would wait for his moment. Plus he's got, you know, he's got um, a kid and another child on the way. So yeah. he's got he's got other things to think about as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's he's very much the yin to my yang. You know, yeah. he's, you know, we're, we're, we, we fulfil nicely. We, we balance each other. Oh, clang. He's the yin every, to my yang. Every time you, you um, uh, appropriate anything from another culture, you get the ding. Sorry. Oh, God. All right, that's a slap on the wrist. <laughs> no, it's a, a wavy hand under the chin. Stop, stop, stop. Yeah. Oh, gosh, sorry. <laughs> but, oh, man. But, yeah, he's such a good, he is such a good balance, you know, whenever yeah. one of us is feeling the stress, the other one can sort of help out or he's, yeah, he's very, yeah. yeah. So when you, when you first had the idea, was he always just your first thought, I'll, yeah. I'll work with Rich on this? Yeah, totally. Yeah, because yeah, we were at Academy together. He yeah. was a couple of years younger than me. Um uh, but yeah, he was just the guy, you know, very tall, handsome, uh, looks a bit like Morrissey. Young Morrissey, not old Morrissey, you young Morrissey. Oh, I, so. Yeah, I think he's sort of... George Harrison. Oh, right. Nice. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's appealing. And, and the sort of <laughs> Liam li- li- Gallagher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too, yeah, yeah. I when I first met him, he had the old... Beatles piece, but now it's all very much Morrissey quiff and That's right. whatnot, and he's got the glasses <laughs> to go with it. Um, yeah, he, yeah, so I went to him. Well, actually, this is, yeah, so what happened was I went to him and Dan Trodden. Do you know Dan Trodden? Tuba player I'm, in the BBC Now Orchestra. I know the name, I think, yeah, mm, I think so. Yeah, absolute legend. Like everyone, everyone in the brass world knows Dan. Mm. Um, I went to them, and actually, like the first little incarnation that we had before the very first rehearsal is my partner at the time. Um, she had organised this pub quiz run by Henry Kelly from Going for Gold, like this charity <gasps> pub quiz. Wow. Oh no, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty cool. So she's like, we've got him, we need a music round. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, all right, we'll, uh, we'll get, you know, I've been talking, I've been talking about to her about doing this since, you know, Glastonbury and she, she came up with the name Old Dirty Brastards. Yeah. Cause I think I was just like, oh, it's called like the Dizzy Brass Calls or something like that. She's like, no, that's rubbish. Um, <laughs> she was like, oh, Dave Brass would be great. I was like, okay, cool. Right, oh, cool. So then me, Rich and Dan Trodden, who's a tuba player, we, um, for the music round, we did a little trio and we were there with just in our tails and we just played a load of pop covers and they had to guess what they were. Um, so that was like our first little outing. <laughs> so the first thing was involving Dan Trodden. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah, that, yeah. that was the plan to have him in, in the band. I yes. Yeah. Oh God, I hope Dickie Evans isn't listening to this. Oh. No, but well, then Dan got the job. Dan got the job. Yeah. So um, BBC... Now. BBC Now job mm. and then so Dickie Evans was definitely the next choice because he's such a lovely wonderful amazing tuba player um, yeah. 
He is, he's incredible. Mm. Um, you know, and he's one of these guys that just sort of, he was at the Northern and um, just came and moved to London. He got a trial with the Philharmonia and just moved to London. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> wow. Is that what he did? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I first met him doing um, an education group workshop oh, and yeah. he'd just moved down. I think he was living in East London somewhere. And uh, yeah, we just, he just met him on there. He was really nice. He's like, yeah, I've got a trial with Philharmonia and I just moved here. And I was like, Wow. Amazing. Yeah. I, was, I nearly did the accent then. I went, I went, <laughs> he's, got a lovely, he's got such a lovely, like, soft North Cumbrian accent. Yeah. It's really, oh. like, hello, hello. And uh, he doesn't age. The man doesn't age. He's very, uh, Lucky. very youthful. He's, yeah. lo- he's lost years during this lockdown. He, he looks, has. And he's he really, because he his, his wife's a PT slash right. dancer. Oh, okay. And yeah. I think at the very start of it, they were doing like a class a day. Mm. And he's just, and yeah, and he does rock, rock climbing. He do, I assume he doesn't have children. He does not. No, because right. I can only see that being the only way you'd lose years rather than gaining years. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I used yeah. to look like I was about 18 and now <laughs> I could pass for 60. Uh, 21. So. 21, Verity, 21. Yeah. Thanks. Yep, 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 yep. This isn't on YouTube, is it? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it is, but I've touched up a lot of them. That's it, that's it. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Um, so those early arrangements you were talking about, the ones you first did in that very first rehearsal, do they still see the light of day? Yeah. Good. Some of them do, yeah. Can you remember what you played? So Dan West had done, the one that obviously we'd done too much, and, you know, sometimes you have to, like, got to get rid of this, but then he did an arrangement of Crazy in Love, oh, which yeah. we did loads, because yeah. it's just a good starter. Yes. I was terrible at, when I want to pick the sets, I was like, well, there's such a good punch in the face for people. But, mm. yeah, and it's, it's an amazing arrangement. But, um, yeah, that... that really do that loads and um, we've got rid of it but then we're doing a Beyonce show someday one day when we, yes. when we get out of lockdown we've got so that's got to be back in like there you go, oh, put yeah. that back in you know <laughs> weddings and stuff you do it which is yeah. which is nice that's good um did you have no you for the second rehearsal you had Charming Man didn't I you I brought along this Charming Man yeah it's amazing oh great yeah which we recorded um yeah yeah it's got a nice little jazzy break in it in the middle I know bit. in a horrible key yeah G sharp minor <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Fancy all your fancy flats. All flat mining. Both <laughs> difficult. Yeah. There's so many sharks and flats. Um, uh, I, I don't know why it made it quite tricky. Should have just done it in why a nice not? key. Why not? Yeah. You know. I've learned so much over the years. <laughs> I wouldn't do that again. C major all the way. Yeah, Bosh. Yeah. Or B flat major if you're brass. Like, of even, course, even easier. Yeah. Even yeah. easier. I like... Um, um, F major because you like E flat major, don't you? Do I? I don't know. Trombones like E flats, like three flats. That's all right, yeah. Yeah, yeah A flats, then F A flats major are nice. It's lovely. So. Right. Oh, yeah. That's the sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. G major, cello. Yeah, I'm trying to think of Just in case oh, right. you're wondering, just in case. Is it G yeah, yeah, G sorry, major. Sorry, sorry. No, 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 it's oh, all right. God, you carry so on, lads. Brass centric. Yeah. Sorry. There is a cellist in the room. But yeah, yeah, yeah cello, you know. cello yeah. suites for Bach. Very nice. There Trombones. We are. G major. Yeah, yeah. Love them. There we yeah. go. Yeah. How does that work? Is it transposed at all? No. No, it wouldn't be. Would it's it? bass clef, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You just play it. Yeah. You can play probably anything. Can you play any. No, does it work that way around? You can probably play any trombone music. 
Do you ever read in tenor clef? Yeah. Uh, do you? Go. There we are. Yeah, I could do nice. a nice solo from, is it Mozart Requiem? What's that big trombone? You did trombone? Yeah, yeah, oh, God, yeah. God, I wish you would, because oh. it's, it's nerve-wracking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, loads, yeah. Because yeah. I, I never actually learned to play the alto trombone, so if I do Mozart Rec, I'll just have to sit in the middle and do, do the yeah. solo. Which is, <gasps> it's, it's, it's all right. It's nice. Alto, alto trombone is weird, so yeah. yeah. It's a great yeah. solo, though. It's really it? beautiful. Yes, yeah, lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you hear yeah. on the telly the other day, Ryan Hume was playing it. Was he? Hightower? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, oh, really, wow. Really good. He yeah, he's so good. Yeah. Really, did you see it? They did no, a, I heard about it. Was it was on so. BBC Two on mm. Saturday night. On, oh, that's like, amazing. At 7.30 or something. Prime time? Yeah. yeah. Oosh. It was really good. They were on stage at the, at the Coliseum. They played it. And, what? Uh, uh, E&O. Oh, wow. Yeah. Go Ryan I love Hume. that piece of music. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Because yeah. it's obviously, it the, yeah, you're always, you're always hoping for the less busy version. Oh, yeah. Because it's very fast. Yeah, because by the time, the trombones are really busy and then you get around <clears> to your <throat> solo bit and your chops are oh, knackered. Yeah, of course, yeah. It's just like, oh, I hope it's not the busy version, <laughs> which is all right. The yeah. one before, is it, um, uh, what's the name of it? Uh, da, 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 da. I'll say yes. <laughs> I'll say yes, but uh, yeah. I'm not really sure. D A zero. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one, yeah. And then you're straight in with. Yeah, so you get the. Yeah, you get yeah. And you're just like, oh god, yeah. And sometimes they'll stand you up or move yes. you to somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, no, it's fine. Can you just go up to the top of the balcony? Yeah, so, no, then. I'm just... right. I'm right here. It's, yeah. it's okay. It's okay. Is it like a different mindset? Like, say you're doing a tuba mirum, you, you might be a little bit more tense, slightly more nervous. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah. What's the different mindset? What are you? I mean, is it just? I don't know. For me, I feel like it literally does not matter what comes out of my instrument. I'm just having fun. And this uh, is with what the con- BBC concert. Tuba, 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 right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you're not playing that one. Yeah, so that's fine. Exactly. Whatever happens, whatever happens to him, it's, I'm fine. It's with, it's with the gods now. <laughs> I've still got a job. He does not. It's great. <laughs> Um, no, but the brass is yeah, it's just like sometimes you get you get that thing, it's like, well maybe I could try something different tonight. Like yeah, maybe yeah. I'll get we'll go at that or try that or just or you know, it's just like, well, we've done it so many times before, you're on autopilot and you're doing something else and you're paying attention to that person over there that's just done something weird and you're just like, What are you doing? Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's well playing wise though, because it's the set's quite demanding. Like mm. it's not like a tuba mirror. Well, no, tuba mirror is actually quite a blow. Well, the whole Mozart Rex is quite a blow. But, um, you know, as the, the Brassard's gig, depending on how long the set is, it's quite quite a, quite a blow. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, chop strength's definitely gone up. Do you find you take some of those things you might have learned, or maybe just your, your chop strength going into no, the no, gig? No, and but... loads of things. Like, playing next to your brother is amazing because, like, Barney's, Barney's one of the, the wonder kids He's, you know, he's one of the guys that's got yeah. it. He must have been that good since he was 14, surely. He, uh, I remember because I was at junior college and um, hearing the trombone players that were there and then Barney joined the next year and they, but Barney to me always sounded so, he just went for it and played something mm. and it was kind of a bit rough and ready, but it <laughs> was like he's doing it and he's making yeah, a yeah, big yeah. sound. Mm. And it, in a way, he's not really changed from that. Yeah. Um, and, and the, the kids that were playing at junior college were kind of quite a bit more refined and just but softer and 
And I was like, oh, I don't know if Barney, because Barney hadn't been playing the trombone that long, like right, okay. at that point. I was like, I'm not. It's like a different. He's coming at it from a different angle. Barney mm. is. Yeah. He, he learned with um, Simon Hogg. Oh right, Did I you don't, meet I don't him? know Simon. No. Simon Hogg. Am I saying the right name? Yeah, he, he was in Fine Arts Brass. Right. Okay. And he was, I think, similar sort of thing. Yeah. So he, to, he just really got on well with mm. his teacher, and um, that's important. That's, yeah. That's a big thing isn't it if you yeah. get on with them on so especially well. when you're a teenager yeah that has to be yeah a good thing yeah but he had also i think he'd use a lot of metaphors that really clicked with barney yeah and that, that those can really help but that's the thing is it einstein oh here we go oh, wow. oh, hello <laughs> yeah Ooh, we've just got up but a notch here when this einstein good, talks yeah. about like theories he's like if your theory cannot be explained in a simple cartoon then it's not a good theory and it doesn't work so if you can't explain that then mm. you know so if someone's saying to you you know, this is how double tongue it works, do it like this. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. especially for, it, like, for oh, wind, great, like wind instruments, mm. brass instruments, when you can't see anything that's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You hear yeah. it. I feel like I should come back to talking about Barney and saying how you were mm. inspired by Barney. I feel like oh. I didn't quite finish what I was saying because I was saying he was so rough and ready. Oh, but I mean, as that a young boy, kid, but that he, boy can play. He's, I mean, he's, he's so good. Yeah. He's such a great player. Um, and he can play anything, but mm. he does have his own sound and style. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, I mean, he can play, like, the loudest of anyone. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But, but also incredibly quietly as well. But mm. I, I love his initial way of playing something. It is it's like mine, I think. Like, if if I feel strong and, like, if I've got the, the, mm. the strength in my chops and stuff, yeah. then I'll always go a bit overboard and yeah. if I can yeah. and then bring it back. But there's times where you're like, I'm a bit tired. I'll just... <laughs> yeah. off but that's the thing. But, I think but, with, but he'll do that too. Yeah, I think with Barney's where he doesn't... I don't think he gets tired. Like, I he think doesn't he just, He's just... No. He's just one of those guys that just... He, he doesn't have to keep his chops in. Not at all. He'll, it's oh, annoying. It's so annoying. So annoying. I'm, just I'm like, irritated. Oh, in every way, I'm exactly the same person as him. Really. I mean, I'm so similar. I'm just two years apart. Mm. I look pretty much the same. <laughs> He can play the trombone and I play the trumpet, but yeah. he but doesn't you know have to practice at all. And I have to practice every day. Do you know what the trumpet's, the trumpet's harder than the trombone. So if you'd have picked up the trombone, you'd have probably been the same and it'd have been, uh, been all right. Yeah, yeah. but that would have been, been competition then. That would have been That's rubbish. It. Or you'd have been in the same section all the time. As an outsider looking in, the way that you present yourselves and the way like your publicity and the, just the, having seen you perform and things, um, even if you have a deaf and there's a very specific look, it doesn't look like it's not casual. It doesn't look casual. It doesn't look mm. like some you know. Oh, we'll just chuck together some players and things. And I think that attitude, the whole attitude, and the way people probably feel when they come into Dep is a big thing. Because mm. I, you know, I know that we think about that in the quartet. It's, completely different but it's an attitude and it's the Mm. way that if you present yourself in a certain way people want to play in a certain way and that's great isn't it and that's what it seems with you guys i think what we went you know what we went with with the whole thing is that you have to go with what you know so like obviously like that band i watched at glastonbury was probably doing a bit of a new orleansy thing and there were saxophones in there and for me like it's a saxophone that's not brass like I, I, I get it. I get that mm. it is made of brass, but there's a reed on it, and it's not brass. Yeah. So we sort of went back, and me and Dickie talked about the lineup, and I was like, right, well, I, I really want to have a tuba. I want a proper tuba in there, and I want a kit because some New Orleansy bands like, and 
I don't know why I wasn't inspired. When in about 2003, I went to the Cross Festival up in King's Cross and Youngblood were playing there. Hmm. And I watched them and I was like, fuck, that's amazing. But why I didn't come away from that and go, let's do a band, I don't know. Because yeah. I, I just, it was just one of those, it's, it's, it was a different time. That was a different night out and a different thing in London. And but I watched it, I was like, that was incredible. Hmm. But maybe because they did all their own material, I wasn't maybe quite. You didn't like make that link in your yeah, brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was amazing. I watched them in that room where I was in this under the under a train bridge arch and it wasn't packed. It was just like a sort of there were maybe like thirty of us in there just watching it. Like they were very unknown at that point. But I yeah, you know, I thought they were great, but it didn't spark me to go off and do this thing. Mm. Maybe thank you know, maybe wonderful because if I'd have done it in my twenties, this could have been terrible. <laughs> um and you'd have only been seventeen or whatever. <laughs> um but yeah, we, we decided, me and Rich was like, right, if we're going to do this, we want to give it a really good British twist. Like we don't, so we don't want the sousaphone because there's notes missing in a B-flat sousaphone. We're going to need a tuba. We want a drum kit because I love drum fills. We're going to have drum fills. Um, and then it's like, well, what do we know? We kind of know brass tempi stuff. So maybe we get, you know, enough trumpets in there and enough trombones. It's like, we don't know any saxophone players as well, so we're not having them because, as, as we said, it's not brass. We're not having them. Um, French, French horns, horns, bad idea. They, <laughs> yeah. just, it's just, just, just not going to work. Sorry, French horns, but that's just not going to cut the mustard. Um, so yeah, eventually we, we ended up oh. with that, and we didn't originally have an idea. <laughs> I can just picture like hundred French horns, going, keen French horns. Going, this is our chance. Yes. It could be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is and then we did two gigs where we were just in t-shirt and jeans or whatever and then we thought right we need let's get a look on the go as well and I think I sort of Dickie was like well you sometimes have a tweed jacket on or whatnot let's let's just go with that and so all right yes get some ironic tweed on the go if you're gonna be this band let's get something that's kind of uniform rather than just wearing jeans and a t-shirt because that's just gonna kind of Mm. it's not gonna do it and I'm also and this I don't I mean who who does if if any other people running other brass bands hear this and you are one of these brass bands I'm very sorry but you do get other brass bands that wear their own t-shirt when they're playing they have their name on their t-shirts as if they're afraid that if they don't have it on they're not going to get work right and stuff like that and that for me is like if you were in Oasis and you wore an Oasis t-shirt that just wouldn't that just not that's not cool not cool that is not cool why would you do that you don't wear your own band's t-shirt unless it's like to sleep in or do your gardening in or something like that so it's just we're yeah. checking the oil and you can't yeah exactly it's just like <laughs> yeah. that is not what it's about you have a look so we kind of functioned this little sort of you know silly little tweedy look which is yeah it keeps us good and we you know we we you know we've all no it's mm. great it's, it's, it's ironic in a way we're not yeah. like the full-blown royal family tweed wearers we're like no, we've got this tweed that comes with black ironic. yeah it comes with the black jeans and the brogues and all that sort of yeah, stuff yeah. and sort of a uh what, what they called us the mumford and sons kind of knockoff isn't yeah. it that's what we're doing and i think that just sort of that's where we're going to place it that's what we want to do yeah and that's the thing i think with this band as well uh, you know against other things in my life this band was to start with a very big upward curve, we mm. just it just did start going. Oh shit, this is happening and this is happening. And, oh boy, we're doing this now. And we're doing this, and like I think, yeah, we we definitely weren't the first, but we definitely were very a very long way from being the last. And we, we were kind of nearer the beginning of something, and we were very lucky to find you know like we we did have to when it first died. There was a thought of like, well, we've got this band thing but where are we going to do it where are we going to do gigs and then very luckily we fell into like the blues kitchen and they 
are very big on pushing the brass. And then we fell into a few things. It's just like, oh, we got very lucky there. And now a lot of brass bands coming in have a place to immediately go. But there was a point where we were just like, well, I don't really know. Because you can't just go and do like a, a... When we're all freelance musicians, you can't keep just doing, like, say, like an amateur band night. That's not going to that's not going to do it. That's mm. weird. Like they, they just play for numbers through the door. Like, um, as you flyer through the door, you get a pound per flyer. So yeah. like, you, know, <laughs> you can't do that sort of thing. So like we, luckily we sort of fell into a lot of things and it's really served us quite well. And we're sort of, you know, now we, before lockdown, there were a lot of things that were going to be quite nice to push us to another level, but we do, you know, all those, those album shows that we were doing and stuff, mm. not necessarily our idea, <clears throat> but the albums were kind mm. of our choice. And like, that was a real stepping stone for us mm. like, a few years back into a different direction and really yeah. working together closely. And that sort of has led to us getting to a certain point before lockdown that was going to take us in another direction. I really hope it does. Cause yeah. like, I think that's such a massively strong idea. Like mm. we've definitely been inspired. <laughs> it's a string quartet. Sorry guys. Yeah. How embarrassing for you. Uh, but, but the fact that you're I doing albums. I think you were albums, such a fan, Verity. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we basically base all our shows on so, you guys. Do you mind putting my TV remote back on the table? <laughs> Out of your handbag. Such a creep. <laughs> I love the fact that you're doing full albums and mm. because we're going to do one as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're going to do Muse, the uh, second... <gasps> Origin of Symmetry. Oh, no, wow. the one with the... Uh, what's it called? Oh, fuck, I'm going to change it The second down. album? No. Oh. The one they released, which has got Survival on it and uh, it's the latest one, 2012. It's their 10-year anniversary. Oh, nice. Oh, was it like it the Olympics? Yeah, yeah, that one. That one. Yeah. We're going to do that one. I can't cool. remember what it's called. It's quite niche, but Michelle's arranged it all. For oh, us, really? So we, we've just do played it. through it. It's really Brilliant. good. Brilliant. But we were totally inspired by the fact that you guys were doing things like Arctic Monkeys mm. and all those albums. It's brilliant. I think mm. that is made it like a really tangible, mm. excellent... Well, here's the thing about that as well, because, like, I mean, like, the Blues Kitchen ones that we did, not necessarily our idea, but ages back, Kai sort of came... When it was Sergeant Pepper's 50th anniversary, he came to us and said, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we kind of did, like, the whole of Sergeant Pepper? Yeah. And I was like... But at the time, we were just in this entrenched in this bit where we didn't really rehearse, but we did loads of gigs, and I was like, oh, that would be lovely, but... I don't know how we'd afford it. I don't know how we'd do it. Yeah. So I feel really bad for like, at the time, oh, we should have just gone with it and see what happened. But we weren't into promoting our own no, stuff much then. It. And then the Blues Kitchen came to us and said, we want to do a whole album show with you guys. And immediately, because we had Paranoid Android all filmed and signed, sealed and delivered for the Radiohead show that year at Glastonbury, I was like, well why don't we do OK Computer? That'd be amazing. And, like, we've got this whole video you could have for the promo and stuff. And then they went back and, like, they're a bit... The guys that sort of sort of are a bit younger than me and probably don't know OK Computer, the album, as well as I do and stuff. So cool. they came back and, like, Not yeah, a bit... bit ladies, it's ladies. a bit... Yeah, it's a bit down B. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I was like... And me, was like, oh, man! Yeah, and obviously there's a lot of really big Radiohead fans in the band that were just would have well been up for it. Yeah. yeah. But then they came back and said, oh, right, what if we did like the Arctic Monkeys album AM mm. and I was like I'm a, I'm a big Arctic Monkeys fan but I didn't know that one as well so I was like nah, it's not one of their biggest ones is it and I listened to there's a few album fillers on there so then I went back and said what if we did the first Arctic Monkeys album and then they were like yeah that's good we'll do that mm. and so I'd like to think right they had the idea but we gave them the album yeah totally and then that kind of sold it and that's 
that was a project that we all just really bedded into and yeah. like everyone got involved and some of the arranging on that from guys is just absolutely insane it's amazing it's mm. a fantastic album. yeah and like that was guys, a massive turning point for the yeah band. and it was yeah and we were just like right and from now on that's and that's it, probably the hardest we've worked for one of those album shows as well because we we're not going to do a we're, like, we're going to do this we're going to do it properly mm. yeah and that's you know probably a bit of back and forth between us and them and as me going like oh you've not got our name on the poster why the hell would you not do that it's really <laughs> annoying but then like you know but we're going to do something amazing we're really putting our asses into this mm. and then what we came out with was one of our finest and yeah. do you feel like that is the point because you were working together so much on that that you start learning each other's playing so well that you become because I, I know how that feels where you become entrenched in mm. each other's playing so that oh, yeah. now it's so much easier to play yeah because I think know the, what people's strengths are I think the first point of the band was to get some sets up and running to the point where we don't need to rehearse all the time it's like, right, mm. we've got this point, we're tight enough, we can do all this, it yeah. all runs itself. But then then that's only going to last so long. And then this opportunity came along, it's like, right, great, we've got an opportunity here. We did start rehearsing and then you realise, oh, it's so nice to be in a room together yes. again and rehearse and do stuff and yeah. really pick each other. And then the whole, like, arranging thing became more of a shared experience rather than a... You know, like I've got this. Can we maybe try it in a sound check and do it? Where it's like we all just looked at it, and it's quite nerve wracking when you're putting an arrangement forward because everyone would go right. I think this yeah. and this, and like, but then everyone's game just lifted. Yeah, like, you know, a good fifty percent because they were like, right, I'm going to present this to the group. <clears throat> and when you have to arrange something that you necessarily don't want to arrange, it then becomes quite tricky. Yeah, because you've got to make it work. And yeah, it was just, it, it, that show is just amazing and it works on every level. That's brilliant. And it has a lovely flow to it and we've really thought it through. I'm not saying we didn't do that for other following album shows, but we got into a groove and then we just realised yeah. this is how it works. And then not all albums, like that album is a concept album in itself. So yeah. that helps itself. But then some albums you go through and like the Killers one, it's quite stacked early on and then you're just like, oh man, it dies yeah. out at the end. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, we're doing our best. We're doing our best with this. And the encores aren't quite as big hits as like the yeah. first lot. So yeah, you know, but that definitely was a big turning point. And then from it, we've like, you know, we did the B-Rave stuff, which mm. I think was maybe the pinnacle of our brass education and whatnot. And we decided that basically the, the B-Rave set is a collaboration with um, Dickie's Dickie's wife, Dell's dance company, um, Beyond Repair. They're now entertainment. They were Beyond Repair dance company before yeah. uh, lockdown, but they've changed. Um, <laughs> uh, but we sort of did this, we decided that we were going to do a big um, dance music gig with them dancing to our stuff, all UV bells and whistles and yeah. all this sort of stuff. I used to have Dave Whitson, who... Do you know Claire Whitson, mm. double bassist? Oh. Okay, she's double bassist in the WN. Uh, no, BBC Now. Mm. Uh, but her dad was my trombone teacher. Oh. And he still teaches at Junior Academy now. And he's yeah, probably one of the best trombone teachers I've ever had. So when I joined Junior Academy, I was told that, like... I, I actually sort of... I, I went there in year nine. I went... Yeah, so when I first went there, so I was, like, 13... And I was told that they'd just they'd just had a really good year of people that went. You're right, Seb. Woo! Oh, yeah. <laughs> I told they had a really good year. So it's like Mike Lloyd had just oh, yeah. left. He'd yeah. just left and gone on. But me and another guy, Matt Taylor, who eventually went to Guildhall, 
It would have been you below. You did jazz course for a couple of years, but I oh, think he yes, dropped no, out. Oh, yes, no, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah so I was yeah. there with him. But we were really young. We were just sort of like, there were no other trombonists above us. I don't know what they'd been doing, why they hadn't been bringing other people in. <laughs> but yeah, so we just sort of started. And then, so we were just like these kids thrown into the orchestra. We got to do everything, but we had to learn. Like, you know, with the, I think in our first term, there was a piece that had alto clef in it. And so we were just like, oh, don't know how to clef. So Dave had to, sort of, Dave, Dave had to take us down into the band room behind and give us a quick tutorial. It's like, right, this is how it works. It's like tenor clef, but down a line. And we're like, oh, God, all right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just, you know, and, but I thought by the time I left Junior Academy, I'd be as good as Dave, if not better. Right. And it turns out Dave's a bloody good trombone player. Yeah. I feel terrible for thinking that because, yeah, he's amazing. But I guess that's you have to have that kind of like, yeah, I'm going to be, I want to be that good. But, yeah, I just never was. Um, you know, and Dave's one of the busiest trombone players I've ever come across. He's insane. Um, so, yeah, but I, you know, his lessons were amazing. Um, and, yeah, definitely... Yeah, definitely the best trombone teacher I've ever had. What did he do then that, that was so good? He's just very patient yeah. and he just would put things in a really nice way. And um, I remember one year, one time I wasn't breathing properly. So he's like, right, we're on the fourth floor in the academy. He's like, right, you're going to run down to the basement, back up again, <laughs> and then you're going to play this to me. And I was like, what? Okay, cool. Down I went. I got up <gasps> Went, you know, he's like, you know, just nice little things like that. Or he would always talk to me about um, uh, things like, you know, oh, Chris, you've got to think of this piece as like a fine red wine. It's like, Dave, I'm 14. I don't have <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, but, you know, he's taught me all the all the etiquette from a very early early age, which was, which was lovely. And when you when I came out of the academy, um, you know, my one of my first ever gigs out was with the Birmingham Ballet, and I was sat between Dave Whitson and... Um, Dave Gordon who's yeah. the bass trombonist and he was the trombone t- tutor at the Bedford Youth Orchestra so I sat next to my, like, my two tutors I was like oh this is cool this is nice um, yeah and that's that's nice and yeah he's always sort of looked after me ever since mm. that's what's really nice because um, you know, I had when I was at the academy at the senior academy I had Dudley Bright for two years and then Dennis Wick and you know like in the LSO job and you know I don't think I was really on his radar so I was never going to go in the LSO and Dennis Wick retired from trombone so it's mm. just like it's not all that helpful they teach yeah. everyone don't they yeah, everyone exactly. that comes to academy gets yeah. taught by those they're guys, like the hit so. factory yeah but but it's not necessarily what what you oh god I don't want to start slagging <laughs> Dennis Waterman <laughs> Dennis <laughs> Waterman <laughs> 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 that's it Dennis Wick is Dennis Waterman did you not know that yeah I thought so yeah he's, 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 he formed steps he's that he's sort of, and you know, did all the Dennis Whitmouth pieces. But I don't want to slag it off, but sometimes you just think maybe you need a teacher in there as well that's got yeah, a bit of a right. freelance background to really give you a bit of a help yes, or let definitely. you know how to play the game. Did you ever do a junior thing, Verity? Or? Well, I was at Wells, so yeah. Oh, I did like every day two of your life. Solid yeah. <laughs> yeah. junior years. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. God, enough to last a lifetime. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great, but it was also quite weird. Like the musical element was fantastic. Yeah. But it was really strange going from having a very normal childhood and calling and like being yeah. having quite a lot of freedom by the time nice. I was 16 and yeah. going out with my friends to being at Wells where I had to take ID to say oh. my age yeah. and my house oh, when gosh. we went out on a Saturday evening wasn't quite the teenage <laughs> dream that we all hope for is that where they film Hot Fuzz? 
Was it? Yes, worse? yes, yeah. it is. Amazing. Were you at school that. during Hot Fuzz being filmed? Oh no, I wish I was. But my grandparents are from Wells, so they were around at the time. Brilliant. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so oh they're filming something down there. <laughs> saw some around. Oh, brilliant. Can you surf then? Are you from whereabouts in Cornwall? I can bodyboard. Nice. <laughs> I think that's just I'm good. I'm from Liscard, which is nice. an inland uh, market town. Oh, right, you're a, a landlocked, yeah. a landlocked, landlocked, a landlocked existence. I was, but always only an hour from the sea. Yeah. So nice. yeah, I did a lot of bodyboarding. Brilliant. Went yeah. down Polesworth, you know. Oh, lovely. Very nice. yeah. It was great. You just go down with a shandy and bag of licorice all sorts, go surfing, lovely. Brilliant. Yeah. Do you remember nice. a guy down Polesworth that only had one arm? Of <laughs> 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 he, he, he ran a, a surf shack. Um, not yeah. Fat Willie. Yeah, I was thinking was Fat Willie. <laughs> Poor guy, one arm, Fat Willie. That wasn't, a, that wasn't yeah. an arm. I hadn't thought about this guy for 25 years, but oh just, it just came to my head. Uh, he would have rented me a body boards in, in 1995. Oh, I feel but he had one arm, one arm was cut off by a shark. No, I bet <laughs> it wasn't, though. No. I bet it was more likely a seal. Do you know, seals are rough. My friend, I remember him saying, Dan Cobble, you've got to watch out for them seals because like, they think you're playing, but they're, they're not playing. Like They will... <laughs> They would take your finger off. <laughs> Terry Nutkins, famously. <laughs> Nutkins lost a finger to a seal. That's or was it, it not? Anyway, seal, you know. Vicious. Yeah, vicious. Yeah. Vicious. Yeah. I bet that's what it was. That's Shark what my ass. Yeah, There's right. only basking sharks off. They can't do anything. Just give you a suck. <laughs> 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 oh, God. <laughs> It's a very friendly yeah. place down there. Oh, it's Friday night. It's Friday night. It's all right. It's all right. Yes. We've established this is uh, not for children. Not for children. <laughs> not for children. When you put it on YouTube, you have to tick the box. This was not made this for children. Not made yeah. for children. Oh, I'm sorry, Mum. Did you come out of the academy and feel like you were on this route down orchestral playing? Uh, it was that in your vision of where your career was going that well, you I think that's, yeah I think that's how you look at it yeah like, definitely I think that's what it and that, maybe that's kind of what it seems like it's, you're geared up to do mm. um and yeah. then starting the brasters do you feel like that's the balance has changed or had the balance changed before that or maybe it hasn't do you still see that in your vision <laughs> um, <laughs> no, the brasters is definitely yeah it's sort of it's become more all-encompassing really mm. like you know having that because it's you know it after a while it just afforded that diary of being you know having a certain amount in the future that you yeah. can see which was nice um and so you know orchestral work i mean I, I was never one to be going in with all the big orchestras i was sort of getting the more the nice less pressured things which, yeah. was, which is great like you know sort of you know you get used to that and um yeah things like gabay and whatnot which is great yeah. um we were talking about the Novello Orchestra ones, weren't we? Yeah, so that's, good. that's how we met, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, we were so doing, much fun. Was it? It's Greece, wasn't it? We did Greece <laughs> at, the, at the beginning of this year. Yeah, Greece. it was yeah. Uh, Greece, the film. Yeah, with an orchestra the playing film, yeah, the music yeah. to it. But when I first, yeah, when I first started working with that orchestra, I got it through the diary service, and so I think I'd sort of seen a couple of people that run it, but I didn't know mm. quite the extent. And then I walked into the first one. The first one was I did Beauty and the Beast, oh, and I walked you? in, and there was just a room full of lovely people. I was yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, it was amazing. And then, yeah, to get asked back is always nice, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, we've done, done lots of nice things with them ever since, and it's just all quite easy Did you do easy, the computer breezy. games one? No, I didn't. Oh, that was hilarious. Is it good? It was Tomb Raider. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, nice. yeah, it was really bizarre. Yeah. So we had, like, just clips of Tomb Raider, and then somebody talking about it, and then somebody pretending to be Tomb Raider. Oh, really? Was not Angelina Jolie. Boom. Sorry, chaps. Yeah. yeah. I love Tomb Raider. That, I really yeah. got into that when, um, when I was a kid. I got given a, like, a pirate copy by my brother. 
music on it or sound effects. Oh, what? Yeah, I kept trying to work out the settings and it, it obviously, I don't know what, why. Could you make up your own? Could you sing along? Yeah, I think I did, yeah. How old were you at the time? Oh, I don't know. What, this is like 97 or something. So it was like singing, singing your own music to computer games is how you got into like <laughs> arranging and composing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, this is how the Tomb Raider soundtrack goes. Yeah. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> definitely, definitely not how it goes. <laughs> I don't know what this guy's been doing. <laughs> Brilliant. Tomb Raider 2 is good because then I had sound. <laughs> <laughs> what a revelation. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, games with sound. This is amazing. amazing. Yeah, (laughs) my first computer games were on the BBC computer, and it was Killer Gorilla, which is a forerunner of um, Mario. (laughs) Oh, is that what they based it on? Pong, pong, the dark ages of computers. (laughs) It was a forerunner to the modern computer. (laughs) (laughs) It took up our spare room. (laughs) (laughs) I had to write in code for the whole game, and then I just got one man run across the screen. That was it. Yeah. Forerunner to Mario, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a little dude who went up. It was a Nintendo thing. It was BBC, a BBC computer. Anyone remember them? No, just me. That's not like the, the, the... TV people, though, is it? That's um, not the same thing. No, I don't think... Don't I, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know. I remember we had an acorn that you used to have in schools. Acorn, oh, yeah. yeah, yes. Uh, but that's very much like not having an, uh, an Amiga. We were very much like Betamax... Acorn, like never the the proper mm. VHS or uh, Amiga in stuff. Telly, was like, I think it was an Amiga, maybe. And maybe did it have? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I just remember my mate had an Amiga. And it had the Batman game on it when the Michael Keaton film came out. I was like, that is amazing. <gasps> oh, yeah. Why have I not got this? I've yeah. got this thing called Pandora's box, which is not as good. <laughs> <laughs> this little wizard used to walk around and. You know, I remember that. <laughs> Yeah. From school. What a game. Yeah. I was just like, but it's not Batman. I don't know why have I got this. I'm rubbish. <laughs> but you know, oh, so mum mum and dad did, you know, sorry, I'm, I'm, if they are if they do listen to this, you know, I did get all the nice, nice. Thank you. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not ungrateful. I'm not ungrateful. No. But Betamax was a bad choice. <laughs> it was a very bad choice. <laughs> I never experienced Betamax. Yeah, well that's it. Like and they, well, if you, you just couldn't hire anything from a video shop because it was all VHS. <laughs> I was like, why have we got this? I had I think we had a copy of the Frog Song by Paul McCartney on video <laughs> and Torval and Dean's winning run. Oh, <laughs> and everything else we just had to record off the telly. Um, oh, so we recorded Star Wars one bank holiday and when I first watched it I thought Star Wars started in the desert. You know when the bit where he goes look sir, droids, I thought yeah. that's where it started and I was like okay, I didn't know any of the other bit as I didn't know how they got there or what, why he had these plans. I was just like for Did years. you only find out in the Novello Orchestra concert? Yeah, I wish. Oh, yeah. my God, what is this? There's beginning titles to this? This is insane. (laughs) Yeah. This happened in a galaxy a long, long time ago. Oh, my God. So, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, the powers of recording stuff. It's just like, well. like, kids these days, I don't want to sound like an old person, but they can watch anything they want. Yeah. I'd spend my afternoons... Watching uh, the, the three videos that came with Windows ninety five, you'd watch uh, these of Buddy Holly. <laughs> yeah, um, there was like a, a was it David Byrne or a Dave, uh, or um, some uh, there was something I don't know what it was, uh, and there was something else I can't remember. But <laughs> this is a great anecdote. <laughs> there yeah. was this and that and, and something rubbish. and something else. Yeah, but kids have got Netflix. So, oh, <laughs>
You are such a tough guy to Google. <laughs> yeah. Like, no like chat. You, you type in Chris Smith trombone, you think you might see something with your name or face on it. No, there's another one. There's like three yeah. others. What? There's oh, six, man. Because I think, I think there's, there's a guy like from the 60s. Mm. Chris Smith Junior, Senior? Yeah. I think he's Senior. Mm. And, and he played with Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett, yeah. Liza yeah, Mooney, yeah, yeah. Barbara Streisand. Yeah. The, the Holy quadrilogy yeah yeah well I'll, I'll tell you a little story after you've gone through but the other that, Christmas I think yeah. maybe he had a son and he plays in a band I, I, it's hard to piece things together but mm. the son that plays in a band is also called Chris Smith plays Tremont yeah 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 uh, and then there's a guy in Michigan called Chris Smith. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gosh, there's so many. Fantastic. And there was another guy at the college called Chris Smith as well, who was a few years above me. Really? Played trombone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he doesn't play trombone professionally right. anymore, so that's okay. that's quite a help. But, yeah. So, But when I first came out of the academy, Dave Whitson wanted to book me on a muddy field date. Um, just with, there was this orchestra called the English National Orchestra. I think it's folded now, but you know, it used to play at like Duxford Air Base. Bit racist. <laughs> yeah. English like, Nationalist yeah, yeah, Orchestra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. Bad, <laughs> bad times. But um, but Dave was like, oh yeah, no, I want you to book this guy, Chris Smith. He's um, just booking through the MU. And obviously, I'm just out of college. I hadn't signed up with the MU. So they book one of the uh, the old jazzer Chris Smith yeah, <laughs> turns yeah. up of all accounts in his white DJ and things but he had like those nice little black and white spat shoes on whatever it was and his tiny little pea shooter trombone yeah. and he turns up and they're like and he's like oh I, you know and they're like oh we were expecting someone else <laughs> yeah but he was just like but thanks for the gig um, but then I did you know further down the line I got asked Someone called me and he's like, hey, is that Chris Smith um, Jr.? And I was like, it, what, is that Chris Smith? <laughs> and he's like, not the Chris Smith of the String of Pearls Orchestra. I was like, no, I think you're looking for some, I think you're looking for the other Chris Smith. Yeah. yeah. But I think he's passed away now, sadly. But yeah, yeah. so it's just like, oh, I got my work, damn it. But yeah, we'll just, yeah. yeah. So there you go, yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of Chris Smith. Sorry you couldn't Google me quite, it's quite right. hard. I just thought I'd uh, a, see if I can find any heritage secretary or something or used to be the oh yes yeah. he was arts yeah, I'm sure right, he was yeah. I think he was Islington MP he's that's a right. Labour yeah, 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 Labour yeah. MP yeah that's correct there's yeah. Chris Smith with the news on Radio 1 that's right yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. there's, there's a, a director Chris Smith who directed the uh, one of the documentaries about the fire festival oh right nice oh, I yeah, love yeah, that yeah. that's the, a the, great I think the main one the main yeah, one yeah 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 and also he directed the one the film called the one about the making of Man on the Moon with Jim Carrey Oh, oh, that's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. That and, is and amazing. Yeah. That is an amazing documentary. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Chris Smith. God, how Jim Carrey did not get fired, I don't it's know. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Like the, what's it called? Jim and Andy. That's the name of the Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he goes in what's the other name of the the one that's not Andy Kaufman? What's his character called that he does? Tony, <laughs> Tony um Oh God. Tony not Danza. Tony. Yeah, oh God, we'll, we'll Tony to, Clifton. Tony, Tony, it. Yeah, Tony yeah, Clifton. Yeah, and he's just like, when he just goes into that and just doesn't come out of it, it just be t- like, you know, like the director was tearing his hair out. Yeah, but who was the director? He was a really well known guy. He's not, not yeah. running but, but he was just pushed to his limit with that poor guy. <laughs> yeah, he just shots of him just walking around the lot and he's just going, oh, you're <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, okay, um, Jim. Just, yeah, can uh, I talk? No, I'm not, I'm not Jim. Jim's not here. Yeah. Like, oh, oh God. my God. Have you not seen, oh, go watch no, it. It's so good. Mm. So good. It's, it's, it's a tough watch, but when, yeah, it's good. I'm, is Jim Carrey on it, looking back on it, going, oh, I'm yeah, really he, awful. Yeah, he's doing <laughs> is he? Does he say yeah. that? Yeah. I think he just sort of, I was, yeah, I just decided to go full method actor on this oh, one. I was just like, no. oh, you poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> I was directed by Milos Foreman. Oh, yes. Yeah, who did... Loads of things. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's yeah. Nest, mm. Amadeus. Yeah. To name but two. <laughs> <laughs> two biggies. So talking about... Um, we were sort of hinted about your sort of your 90s indie Oh, I'm love. stuck, and I'm stuck you, in the brick prop era, aren't I? I, lo- I love That's that. That's great. It's so that sad. sad. No. Oh. But, I mean, I was just so lucky that when I was... You know, like the the you know thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. That was Britpop. Yeah. And that's sort of you know people say to everyone, well, that's you know the that's the age when you get really into whatever music you're going to discover. Mm-hmm. And so you know, like my first like first CDs I bought. I remember a guy that I used to play in Bedford Town Band with went and bought because he was a lot older. So he, he worked in he lived in this place called Dunstable, and, and you know he'd go on the high street. I'd give him some money. It's like, oh, can you buy me, you know, can you buy me this single and this? And you've got, I remember my first ones were, first CD albums were, I was like, can you buy me Black Grapes album? It's great when you're straight. And yeah. can you buy me the Wonderwall single? And you'd come back the next week for a band. you go, there you go. And I'd like, yes. And I'd just keep doing that. And it was like, yeah, such a nice... Why are we getting from him? Because like, he didn't just... have a record shop in No, I, I grew up in a village. I, oh, right. I grew up in a village. Um, <laughs> so there's this little village, Toddington, which is just <clears> off <throat> Junction 12 of the motorway. Oasis. Were you into the Oasis Blur, That the big ones? Or I liked them you... both. Yeah. I thought they both had a lot to offer. Well, me too. You know, it was just like... Because, yeah, 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 Oasis didn't win. Blur won the, that that singles off, didn't they? So like, you know, yeah. they were the better band. Um, but yeah, I just yeah, just all of that. I was well into it, all guitar bands and stuff. Yeah. So sort of part of me was like, why am I playing the trombone? I don't like you know. And eventually, I did sort of like sort of pick up the bass guitar, which I think a lot of trombone players do because yeah. it's just one note at a time, isn't it? It's like <laughs> easy bass guitar. <laughs> off you go. But you know, I was in a this little band called Corda, and then like you know, bands like the Manic. You like the Manic Street Preachers? Yeah, yeah. It's always it's always lovely to meet someone who likes the Manic Street Preachers because mm. I don't think many. Yeah, they're quite a Marmite band, and I think people that do like them really like them, and you know. I always say like there's no one else that sounds like the Manic Street Preachers. Like mm-hmm. James Dean Bradfield's voice is incredible. Yeah. And so I first got into them in like when it was the Everything Must Go album. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, like all the mates I formed this little band with called Corda. Uh, oh, gosh, the cringy <laughs> things you do when you're a teenager. <laughs> we're like, yeah, we were called Corda. And, uh, yeah, we, we had a lot of fun doing it. It was great. And um, But, they, they, you know, the lead singer guy was really into the Manics and he lent me this book. And I was like, what? There was a fourth guy that wow. disappeared? And, yes. like, they've got three other albums? Oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like fully buried my house in, like, you know, in the, in the whole Manic Street Preachers thing. And I was like, yeah. oh, the what? what a band yeah yeah you know and their whole thing was like you know we want to be like guns and roses sell our first album and then quit and they didn't quite do it (laughs) (laughs) they are still here what i find interesting is is you starting the brastards and then finding yourself being the front man for this band and i and i don't know if that was always the plan but but i guess um suddenly you're in front of uh, you're at Glastonbury in front of a, a massive crowd. So, like, suddenly you've got to think about 
how you do all that and talk to the crowd and all that sort of stuff. That's the tick, isn't it? Did that Go, come easily? Good, good evening, Glastonbury. That's the yeah. line, isn't it? You yes. can say it and you're like, yeah. tick, done. Again, in my 20s, I was in, I was in a band as well. I sort of played bass in my 20s just for fun. And like, you know, would have been nice to make it and get that record contract. But yeah. the other guys all had like nine to five jobs. I was, they were never going to quit. It's never going to happen. But I remember the lead singer guy who was an amazing singer, but there were some times when you just like, if I was him, I'd be saying this right now or I'd be doing that. Mm. And so like, you know, now I've got this band, this is my chance to I'll say something. And mm. then, you know, it's just, yeah, you've got to like kind of, I don't know. It's yeah. Just, yeah. Know, yeah. So it goes back to the Manic Street. I, you know, I don't follow the Manic Street Preacher's line of, what they do because they used to slag off people really horribly, say really horrible, nasty yeah, things. Yeah. I was like, you know, like Nicky Wire, like wishing Michael Stipe caught AIDS or something like that. I was like, mm. why would you say that? That's horrible. God, I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. But he now looks yeah. back and like, I think he's like, yeah, I, I don't know why I said that. That's terrible. But, you know, this, this is your chance to say something. Yeah. So, yeah. And you kind of have to, mm. I think it sort of goes with the territory of being in a band. But, but it's not it's not about me. Like, you know, other bands there are people no, no, where it's no. all about them. It's all about us as a collective, like you know, so yeah. did it come naturally to you standing there and chatting to the crowd and what do I know? I don't know. <laughs> well, it always sounds like it. You always Oh, thanks. And because sometimes there's I see where someone's giving you some information or someone's come to the front of the stage to say, <laughs> You need to do this now or so or is it someone's <laughs> birthday or it's or is it, and then I or someone from the back tells you something. Yeah. You've, got to, you've got to finish now, and I see you just sort of go, okay, and then you turn around <laughs> to the audience and then deliver it very well. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, like, just, um, it's, it's amazing. Like I don't know whether it's just brass bands or whatever, but the sort of places that we play where people are probably really drunk and they will just walk up to you and they'll go, well, you're, whilst you're playing a track, they're like, oi, yeah, I'm it. And you're like, and you should never entertain them, really. But you do, no, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. get bars rest, you're like, yeah, all right, all right, that's it. And then they talk something and you're just like, oh, I can't. No, I can't do that. What are you talking about? Or you just get it's such weird things said to you and you're just like, oh, I'm trying to do my job here. And what what other job would that happen to you? It's like, I'm trying to work. What? Why? I'm, I, oh, I complain now. Thank God I can get away from you. Yeah, exactly. But sometimes you get nice things as well, which is like you know it's great. And like, but the danger when you're doing that stuff is like when you're when you've got to say something to people or you're going to say something, and then you actually end up getting embroiled in a one way conversation, yeah. which all the people can hear is your side of the conversation and not the mad person down there. And you're just like, oh, I, I can't do this all night. I'm very sorry. I find you quite funny, but all these other people can't hear what you're saying. So it's just like we need to move on. Um, can I just have a moment for your music videos, by the way? Um, the one, the Christmas one last year. Was it last year? <laughs> Stay two years another, ago, two, two years ago, was, yeah. stay another day. That is one of my favourite things I've ever seen. Oh, it's amazing! I love it. It's so good. Is so, it the bit where Barney drops Seb's trumpet? Or I love that bit. That's really <laughs> strong. <laughs> Just the whole thing. I love the costumes. You've really committed to it. You've oh really man, that was like a, seventeen. We had to buy like the white jackets from Boo- oh. was it Boohoo Man is that the oh, place yeah, yeah. we bought four or five of them used them for the shoot and then sent them back did you <laughs> really no no I think we kept one I don't, and I don't even know why we bothered oh we kept one for the rest of the reshoots and I don't know where that is but yeah oh and god I bought, it's brilliant I bought these funny little white trousers that we could all wear underneath and they're actually quite see through <laughs> <It> just <laughs> it's so good 
Oh, you've man. really got the spirit of it. Oh, but, absolutely. Um, yeah. Barney, it's Barney hilarious. masterminded a lot. And you, Did and Barney, you? you and Barney came up with all of it, didn't you? And then we're like, but there's this thing I had, to, I had to borrow a leaf blower off like one of Holly's friends. And there's a bit where they just start blowing it in, and a bit of leaf just fits me in the face. <laughs> but that kept it. That was yeah. it. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun to I film. I can't take much credit. It's all, it's all Barney. Right. But, so I mean, he, but he, we went up to Brun. Was it Bruno we went up to? University. Yeah, and we went in their little green screen thing yeah. and just got to dick around in a green studio for a day. Yeah, somewhere. it was. Yeah, it's it was so crazy. good. It was really oh, Barney thanks. like just put it together in in the edit in yeah. Final Cut. It was incredible. I think he was just thinking for a long time. He's like green screen. We're going to do some green screen yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean, I love so much doing that, oh. and I played it to my children who love it as well. Oh, brilliant! Well, yeah, Christmas is coming again, so I you know. know it'll be back on. Get those streams up, please, on the on Spotify. Come on. There we go. <laughs> oh, he's so great. I'm, I'm sorry, we did really wonder, didn't we, in that chat? And well, I have to tell yeah. you, there yeah. were three hours worth of audio to cut down. Yeah. So just be thankful I did. <laughs> I know. I can't believe you. Verity, the way we do this, Verity sifts through the conversation <laughs> and chooses the, the select morsels. May we? Do I then sort of thread together <laughs> and uh, try and make sound uh, like a, a show? But um, Verity d- definitely does the donkey work. <laughs> I, I really felt like it, it was just such an insight into into what it must be like if I'm in the pub for a number of hours and somebody has to listen to me talking at that later <laughs> stage in the evening. So huge apologies. <laughs> yeah. And hey, guys, if you enjoyed that, there's even more if you yes. sign up to our Patreon. <gasps> yes. We've got quite a lot more. I, actually, I haven't decided how much to keep in. No, well, fair not, I haven't, haven't quite finished that bit yet. But um, <laughs> it was just too long for the... Uh, for the old uh, main show, mm. but head on over to Patreon to uh, to sign up for that, and exactly. then there's also loads of other rewards, which uh, which will hopefully float your boat. Endless rewards, and already so that's now you've got Anna on there, you've got Alice on there, and now you've got Chris to join yeah. them on that Patreon for the bonus material. So even if you go in at the three pound fifty a month base level, it's rewards yeah. a go go with treats yes. on their way. It really is, yeah. Um, now, guys, I I have to kind of uh, run this yes, week. Yes, you uh, must. We can't we can't be too long. No, I'll skip to the end uh, of my long story. <laughs> Basically, I've got to move out of my flat by Wednesday, and I'm moving in with my in laws in Surrey. There we are. You've said enough. So that's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, suddenly, I have to pack everything I own. Oh, good and, lord. Um, and it's, so it's quite interesting and uh, exciting and pretty terrifying. Oh, but, well uh, done. You're carrying we that off very well. Um, you look calm, so well done. Thanks. <laughs> I, just, I just popped open a nice cold bottle of Hophead, Dark Star Brewery. If you're listening, we'd, we'd love a bit of sponsorship. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll, we could drink this every, every podcast episode, can we? Happily. We'll I, happily drink I don't know if you listeners that. enjoy the, the alcoholic <laughs> episodes. But, well, we'll um, soon find out, won't we? The complaints yeah, yeah. will be flooding in as we speak. <laughs> anyway. 
I've got to go. Yes, um, you must. I have actually also got a curry arriving in a oh, minute. Oh, wonderful. So, uh, and I'm going to go and decorate the Christmas tree. Yes, it is November oh, the 28th. We've broken rank. That's rag. close enough. It is, it is. So let's all go and do this joyous, joyous thing, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, thank you so much for listening, guys. It's always uh, an absolute honour that you do so. We can't believe that people uh, listen to this and we, we love it and uh, hope you continue to do so tell all your friends and then like and subscribe and share um i've been watching loads of youtube videos this this week <laughs> and they all say uh, okay do me a favor now if you like that last bit just just smash that like button underneath have you and just go been ahead wa- and subscribe have you just been watching bob geldof on youtube this week that sounded very much like bob circa live aid <laughs> I was going for an American oh, kind sorry, of Oh, sorry, were you? There. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. Smash that like button, guys. Yeah. Um, and uh, thanks thanks for everything. And uh, we love you. Um, sign yeah. up to the Patreon. And, Do it. Uh, have a lovely week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.